Hi, I'm Angel the Stranger, and welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. Um, Today I'm going over a subject that I've kind of been procrastinating, um, because I don't really trust me with this subject. Um, I feel like it would be like giving me the most valuable thing on earth to care for. I don't know, I don't trust me with it, um. So, I'm just gonna, I'm praying that God will speak through me and use me instead of um, me doing this all by myself, because uh, I can't. Um, so, what I'm going over today is the gospel story, um, because if you are not a believer and you're listening to this, I'm going to make a wild guess that you're a little bit curious about um, Jesus and what he's done for us, uh, you might have that feeling where you feel like we just don't, there's not enough in life, uh, just material life, um, and in other spiritual, um, religions and such, um, and I'm not talking about religion today, it's not a specific religion, I'm just going to, um, explain Uh, i have some questions here um one is who is jesus the next one is what did he do for you um how can you access accept him and how do you live for him so mostly i'm just going to be telling the gospel story such as what has jesus done mostly i'm going to go over what he went through because he loves you so much and he just wants you to get saved um just think for a second like how did you get here right now that you're listening to this session i wouldn't say that that's a coincidence in any way if you are a non-believer um because that means that god is pursuing you he wants you to get saved um And so, he probably led you here to listen to my gospel, um, well, not mine, I mean, listen to the session where I try to explain it as best I can. Um, I'm gonna go to John, John, John 3, yeah, John chapter 3, verse 14 through 17, usually, um, John... 316 is the most generic uh, or most popular Bible verse, and it's in there, but I feel like we could include more to make it a little bit more, I don't know, explain it a little more, because Jesus didn't just sit down and tell 5,000 people John um, 316, he actually like had a whole entire um, chapter there. Or like section there. So um, John three fourteen says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So I'm just going to stop right there really quick. Um, in the Old Testament, there was a story. Basically, a bunch of God's people 
were infected with some kind of disease, I think, some kind of infection. Um, I think they were turning away from God, and so they were infected. And Moses was instructed by God to put a serpent or a snake basically on a stick or a cross. And anybody who would look at that snake on that cross when Moses set it up would be healed. And that was just kind of um, an example of what was to come. Uh, Kind of like almost like a prophecy of Jesus because he would be on a cross. Um, And whoever would look on Jesus with their spiritual eyes and accept him, um, believing that they could be saved because of Jesus, that they would be saved. Um, So that's what that's talking about. 15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have an eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Excuse me, I'm still sick. Um, So... Basically, this says very clearly that God loved the world. And so he gave up his only son to come down here and save him. Save, save us, sorry. Um, and it's really simple. Who's, whoever believes that Jesus came down and saved us from our sins, you will have eternal life. You will not perish um, in separation from God uh, the rest of eternity um, and 18 says that he believe, he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So if you believe in Jesus, that he's died for your sins and you've accepted him into your heart, you are free from sin. God sees you as perfect or, or all of your, um, all of your, Sins were paid for. Your your debts have been paid. You he sees you that way. But if you have not accepted Jesus, you are condemned. He sees that debt on you, and the only way to get rid of it is to accept Jesus. That's the only way. I'm not being narrow minded. A lot of people say this is narrow minded because they think there are many, many ways to get saved, but there are not many, many ways. There's this one way, and it's the easiest way, more, is more, I think it's easier than any other way any human has ever created, um, and that's simply to believe that Jesus died for your sins, um, and he took the consequences, and now you're free, um, that's it, that's simple, that's the only thing that will tell if you are going to heaven, or if you're going to be in separation from God for the rest of eternity, which is forever, and forever is a long time. So, it doesn't matter if you're currently sinning um, in some way. It doesn't matter if you have sinned before. I mean, I'm sure you have, or if you are going to sin again, you will. Uh, The only thing that says whether you are Christian or um, not, is if you have Jesus in your heart or not, if you have accepted him or not. That's the only thing. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. 
Um, for instance, if you're current, yeah, if you're currently involved in some kind of sinful thing, such as um, drugs or alcohol or um, unhealthy relationships, um, anything, it doesn't, it that does not even relate to this. It's whether you have Jesus in your life or not, because if you have Jesus in your life, you will change. Those things will naturally work themselves out, because when you have Jesus, you change. You don't stay in the sinful things that you had before. You will change. <clears throat> so, um, John three thirty six says, He that believes on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So, if you are not saved and you do not have life, then you are in terrible danger of the wrath of God. So, I recommend that you listen to this and change your mind. But I'm not trying to change your mind. Um, if you have... Okay, okay, I'll confess it. Yes, I'm trying to change your mind because this is incredibly important and I would give my life um, for yours. I would I would do that, um, but I can't. So this is the best I can do. I can sit down right here and give about probably an hour of my time so that if you turn this on, you will listen and hear. Um, I was listening to a conference just now um, because my dad works for... A company and uh, it's a Christian company and they were doing a conference um, and this man his name is Lee Arnold he uh, was doing the conference and he's a very bold man um, and I really respect that and he was talking about being bold and he was saying that <clears throat> he's had times when he felt God telling him that go talk to that person go talk to him go talk to him um, meaning to go talk to somebody about Jesus, like basically discuss it with them. Um, and Lee said that he's had times when he chickened out and he didn't do it. Um, and he always, he imagines the, that they're standing in line in the judgment room up in heaven or wherever after we die. Um, and he sees that person that he chickened out from talking to looking at him and being like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Because now they're going to live in separation from God forever. In a terrible, terrible place that was never meant for humans. It was meant for the devil and his angels. Um, and people are volunteering to go there. But I'll get to that. Um, and so that really, that really um, in, I guess, inspired me to sit down and do this now. Because... Um, who knows, maybe you'll listen to this today and you wouldn't have turned it on tomorrow. Um, and for that reason, I wouldn't see you in heaven. Uh, so I, I don't know, this is like the best I can do. Um, I kind of got off trail and I don't remember really what I was saying anymore. But <clears throat> now I'm going to uh, move on to tell you what Jesus actually did for you. Um, it's a lot more. If you think about it in depth, then people say, they'll just be like, oh, he was known to the cross for you, but he's done, he gave up a lot more about than that. Just like, everybody dies, so what made it more special that Jesus died? And, and here's a question, like, 
he died. He was killed. But whatever, whatever made that, like, just because he died, how did that clear your sins? Like, how does that even relate? So, um, imagine this. Jesus was up in heaven um, with God or in unity with God. He was up in heaven because he was God. He is God. Um, now up in heaven, he don't need nothing. Uh, can you think of something in need that Jesus might have needed in heaven? No, he has, he had everything. He had God. He was God. So first of all, God is the fulfillment of everything. Um, if you ever feel like you don't have enough, you're not enough, or you like, life is not enough. There's, like, what's the point of life? What Like, what is the point of life? Like, that has gone through probably every human being's mind. Um, today, I was on YouTube uh, watching a video um, about my favorite artist. And he's... A lot of teenagers listen to him because they have a lot of um, issues, I guess you could say... They just have a lot of difficulties. And there was a comment on this video. And a kid, he was saying he thought it was actually the artist's uh, YouTube account. Too bad it was a fan account. Um, But he commented and he was telling his, basically his story and like what he's going through. How he doesn't feel like he's enough and how nothing really filled him up. And he's been having these suicidal thoughts. And I wanted to reach out to that boy and be like, or I think it was a guy, I don't know. I wanted to reach out to him and be like, here's the meaning of life right here. This is God. You need God. You need Jesus. And now I'm actually feeling like I kind of regret that I did not because that would have put a seed in his heart. But I mean, I, I'm really careful online. Um, my parents are like, we don't really do much online so I don't really reach out to people online because that can be dangerous um so I didn't so the best thing I can do for this kid is pray for him that somebody else um physically in his life would reach out to him and tell him what the meaning of life is um but so so he was with God he is he is God which means that he was fulfilled he didn't have this empty feeling in his heart in heaven that something wasn't enough, you know, because we always want stuff. We want a new guitar. We want shoes. We want we want a job. We want, you know, money. We, we want somebody, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, because we feel like that'll be enough, a best friend. Um, you ever wonder where that originated from? Uh, I personally think it's because we all need God. And here on earth, we don't have a close enough relationship with him that we are fulfilled um but once we get get to heaven we will be fulfilled and we'll finally be so so happy because we have everything we ever wanted and it fills us up completely and we will never need anything else um so just imagine that jesus had all this he was up there and he was a fulfilling power um he had glory and he had power. He he had angels that worshipped him all day long because he deserves it. Um, he needed nothing. He had honor. He was a king. But 
even though he had all of this, what, what did he see, though? On a tiny little insignificant planet called Earth, in the middle of the universe. Well, he created it. He knew it was there. Um, but, well, maybe it was, even maybe it was off to the side of the universe. Who knows? Nobody knows. Um, he saw me. He saw you, and he saw that we're in trouble, and we desperately, desperately needed help. And that because we are, it's absolutely impossible for us to never sin. It's impossible for us to be perfect, meaning that we would be in separation from God forever. Because he loved us, he gave up absolutely everything, absolutely everything for you and for me so that we could spend eternity with him um so through a woman she was not special she was just a girl she was like me um religions such as catholicism and thing i'm not really sure what else um i know that one they teach that she was a holy woman she was special in some kind of way um, no, that's not biblical. The Bible does not say that. They just say that she uh, was a, a servant of God. And she, so God chose her to have his baby. Um, so it was, he was basically put inside of her um, through no physical way. It was just a spiritual, somehow Jesus <laughs> was born out of a woman who was a virgin, um, and so Jesus was born, and in an almost embarrassing place, a stable, a, a lowly stable, a barn, possibly a cave, because they used those as stables back then, I heard, um, in any case, he was born with the animals, um, not as a king in a palace, above all, no, he was born and they put him in the animal's feeding tray. Yeah. Nice. This is almighty God. And he's in a pig's plate. Sleeping. I don't know. I feel like he deserves better than that. Do you? Um, and he grew up. As a child, he grew up. Uh, and he was always perfect. Because he was... God and he was man at the same time. He was God in human flesh. He was a God in a body, in a human body, a physical body. How many times can I say body before you throw up? Um, yeah, he was perfect. He never sinned. He never said a white lie because that's not perfect. <laughs> if you say a white lie, you are not perfect. Um, and... He went through many difficulties. Um, his life was not perfect at all. His life was actually... Seems like it was no good. Like, not a luxurious life. But it was the life that he needed to live. Or, I don't know. He was. It's the life he lived for us. So, um, his family was poor. His family was not rich. Um, I think that's what it means when your family's poor. Is that it's not rich, I'm not sure why I really said that, um, and they didn't really believe that he was God's son, like his siblings, um, they didn't really believe until after he died, and then he, 
yeah, came back to life. I'll get to that part of the story. Um, so he often suffered misunderstanding from his fam. And, and then he also suffered complete rejection from lots of other people. Because first of all, John three nineteen and 20 says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So, because people who are sinning, oftentimes they will love their sin. They will love their darkness. And when they see something good and, like, the light versus their darkness, they hate it. Because that makes them seem like sinners. Because if there's no light to show them their the dirt on them, like, they can't see the dirt on them. Um, and so oftentimes that's another reason that Christians will be hated um, and people who do good are hated because when people see somebody who are doing good things and they're not doing good things, I feel like I'm not making any sense. They feel guilty. When darkness sees light, darkness feels guilty. And darkness hates feeling guilty. So they rather, they hate the light because of that. Um, so that's one reason Jesus was completely rejected was because he basically showed the people their sins. Um, and yeah. And then he was also rejected because when he, um, people knew where he came from and his family and, and they knew him like where he grew up and things because he was a human, um, and so I guess he wasn't good enough. He was too relatable, too much like everybody. Like, not not like everybody else, but too much like a just a person. Like, they knew him, they knew of him, and they were like, he's teaching that he's God? Like, I saw you grow up, you're just a human being, that's we you know. So, he suffered rejection, um, and I know that's something that teenagers, like, we are extremely afraid of rejection, aren't we? Um, and Jesus suffered total rejection, and yet he still continued. He did not go to his bedroom and cry. Um, he continued because there are many people who did accept him, and he loved those people. And he loved all the people, even the ones that rejected him. But he continued teaching and um, traveling to save anybody who would listen. Um he suffered because the religious leaders were trying to turn the people against him. They didn't like it that he was so popular and that everybody, well not everybody, a lot of people loved him because he was healing and he was um, really helping a lot of people. Um, so they spoke many lies and accusations and they twisted his words to turn the people against him. Um, but he loved them, he loved them so he continually healed and freed people from their physical and spiritual and emotional chains. And um, don't mind me. I'm kind of scooting around on my leather chair. So it might sound kind of funny. Um, and he would teach anybody that would listen. Because he really wants everybody to be in heaven. But he he loves you. So he gave you free will to decide whether you want to go to heaven. Or you want to go to hell with your friends. Um, 
And he suffered temptation, just like us, because he was a human. Um, but he never, never broke down and sinned because he was perfect and he was God. So he never gave in to the temptation. Um, he suffered betrayal. One of his best friends sold him out to the religious leaders for a bunch of money. Um, so that the religious leaders could kill him because they had been plotting to kill Jesus. They didn't like him. So they illegally, well, I mean, I don't know how much legal things were back then, but um, everything that Jesus went through with the religious leaders was basically did not, like, 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 it was innocent. And they killed him as a criminal. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it grieved Jesus that... Um, his friend betrayed him, but he he allowed his friend to have liberty and freedom to decide for himself um, because we all have free will. And so when Judas decided to betray his Savior, uh, yeah, Jesus was very sad, but he allowed it because that's how things were supposed to go. Um, so then the religious leaders came and arrested Jesus um, and Jesus told them he would call, he could call down angels to get him out of this fix, but he didn't do it because he knew that this was God's will and this is the way he would save all of us. Um, I feel like I keep saying, um, sorry about that. Um, oh my goodness, that was funny. <laughs> Empty spaces, see? Okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry again. Okay. Jesus had just been praying, and he had been mentally suffering because he was, I guess he was kind of just fighting. I mean, mentally, if you knew exactly the suffering to come to you in like an, a few hours, and I'm not just speaking of the physical suffering, like all of us die, right? But that I don't think that's the worst of it, honestly, like versus the spiritual suffering, which I will get to. Um, and so he got arrested, even though he was completely innocent. He never broke a law. Um, and he had an unjust trial. It was in the middle of the night. It was it was not, uh, yeah, it was an unjust trial. And then in the morning, he was brought before the people, and they wanted him to be crucified. And so he was allowed to be crucified. They, instead of... Um, releasing him because at this feast that was at that time of year for some reason um, the king I guess he would release a prisoner and so he wanted them to choose Jesus to be released because he didn't think that he was guilty of any crime um, but instead the people chose to release a murderer instead and they had Jesus crucified so Jesus was to be crucified, um, and so they whipped him, and they whipped him 39 times with a whip with hooky things at the end, so here's some graphic details, when they would whip him every time it would grab onto some of his flesh and tear it out, so you can only imagine his back just covered in, like, just torn and bloody and nasty, and they were only allowed to whip him 39 times because prisoners died 
from the whipping at 40 times. So they were only allowed to whip him 39 times because otherwise he would probably die with the last whip. And so they whipped him 39 times and then they mocked him for fun. Uh, they made him a crown of thorns and shoved it onto his head. Um, I don't know. The Bible, I don't think it really explains like how bad the uh, the crown of thorns was. I don't know like if it was also very graphic or if it was just like mini thorns or if they actually like shoved him into his temples, broke his skull open. I don't know. So um, we can only imagine. Uh, but as far as everything else went, I would imagine that it was more torturous than usually drawn. Um, and then the soldiers decided to spit at him and slap him and have a game of where they blindfolded him, slap him, uh, and make him guess that who, which soldier slapped him. And obviously Jesus knew, and yet he still loved these soldiers that were just, just... disrespecting someone who's about to die for them. Well, I'll get to that. Um, they, oh no, no, I was supposed to be there. Yeah, he was about to die for them. And he was about to die for this, like all the sins that they're committing now. He was about to die for. Um, and then they put a robe on him, a purple like king's robe, I guess. And they mocked him some more about being the king of the Jews. Um, and here, a lot of people don't really realize what this means. Like, oh yeah, they put a robe on him. I mean, they were just mocking him. I mean, they were just making fun of him. But no, when they put this robe on him, they obviously wrapped it around his body. And his body had just been torn to pieces. So, when they kept it on him for a little bit, the skin and flesh started to basically scab onto this robe and connect and start to, you know, dry onto this robe, the blood and all that because it was so open and just the wounds and the cloth are just like, like bonded, I guess. Um, and then... They, I don't know if they took it off before or after, um, but they had him haul his death contraption, um, the cross, to the top of the hill, which he was unable to do completely because of how physically broken he was. I can't remember, but I feel like um, at one point when I was listening to someone talking about this, for some reason, Jesus was, his body, like he hadn't eaten or something, so he was... He literally had no um, energy, or his body was really broken. Well, I mean, he would have died at the 40th whip, so I mean 39 whips, so he was probably, his body was at a very weakened point, and they had him, um, again, sitting on a leather chair. Don't say anything weird. Um, they were trying to make him haul this large piece of wood, probably, uh, beam up a hill. Walking up a hill is hard enough. Let's have him carry a beam. They were just torturing this man to death, literally. Um, and he couldn't do it. So uh, one of his... Somebody somebody did it for him. 
I can't remember who. I thought it was one of his disciples, but I don't think so. Uh, it's not really much of importance. I'm just saying that he couldn't do it. Um, and then at the top of the hill, I'm guessing that the top of the hill, they ripped off the robe, reopening all those wounds, causing further more pain by tearing off that robe that had, um, sealed his wounds, I guess, and attached itself to his back. Um, so they just tore it back open, and that's absolutely disgusting. Sorry for those graphic details. I'm a squeamish person, weirdly. I'm a squeamish person, so I can't go into the medical field because I kind of wanted to go in the medical field, so I'm probably going to go into the more of psychological field instead. Um, but yeah, I'm squeamish when it comes to blood. Uh, well, actually, blood is okay. Blood is fine. But, like, wounds, meat, flesh open, or, like, cutting it open... Seeing inside of your body, that's just, like, I can read it. Strange, okay, I'm totally getting off track, but I'm just trying to keep you guys awake right now. I don't know. Um, I can read graphic things. Like, I read these medical books because they're fun. They're fiction, but, I mean, they're fun for me. My favorite parts are, like, the surgeries and stuff. Um, but I cannot watch it, and I cannot hear somebody talk about it. I can only see it in, like, a reading form for some reason, otherwise I get really squeamish, and I'm like, stop, stop, um, okay, yeah, so they, they ripped off this robe, causing Jesus even more pain, and then they stripped him naked before all the people, and they nailed him to the cross, this is God, this is God, they just stripped him naked, put him on a cross, nailed some pieces of metal into his wrists, these are holy wrists. These are hands that have never done a single thing wrong. And they just put a large piece of sharp metal into his hand or his wrist down here in between these bones. That's kind of nasty. Um, and nailed him to a cross like some kind of wreath. And they, they did that in both hands. And then through his ankles, or I think his ankles, um... And he was alive through all this. They didn't even kill him or nothing. They just, like, tortured him alive until nothing happened. Because, well, until he died. But, I mean, he never gave up or anything. Um, and they put a sign over his head that said, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Um, what a way to treat the guy that's literally giving up everything for you, right? Like, jumping in front of a bullet for someone is like tying a shoelace compared to this. Because Jesus, yeah, okay, I'm going to get to it. Um, no, no, here it is. Jesus literally suffered the most horrific death in the whole entire Roman Empire. And I would probably say that this is the most horrific death ever invented. I don't think that there's any... I've. I think I heard someone say, because I've, I mean, I've been a Christian all my life, so I've heard a lot of, I've heard this many times, I think. Um, I think my pastor at one point said that there was, there is no death that was more torturous than this. This is the worst death anybody could die. Um, and, and Jesus was completely innocent. He never did a thing wrong. 
and he did this for us. It was his choice. He didn't have to do it. He could have gotten off that cross. He could have he could have laser-eyed all those people before they even touched him. He didn't have to go through any of it, and he did um, to save us. And you're like, okay, okay, so, yeah, let's see. This is very heroic that he died, but, um, how does his physical death even, com- like, how does his physical death even pay for sins? That's the question. Well, when Jesus was on the cross, he was paying, he had the weight, he took every sin that any human being has ever sinned. Your old uncle, Bob, and your sister, <laughs> just like everybody's sin, took, and even the people to come. Every single sin, he had that on him. Every single sin. The consequences for every single stinking sin on him. And he suffered the wrath of God. The righteous wrath of God. Um, so that we would never have to suffer it. Uh, but because he was perfect... He's not going to hell. He's not going to go to hell in our place. No, because he was perfect when he died. Um, I don't really remember. But, like, I don't know everything. But I've kind of come to understand. I could be wrong. But I've come to understand that Jesus was separated from God at that moment when he died. Because... For our sins, he was separated. And he's the, and that's why he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, but he was worthy to be the sacrifice for our sin, that his blood would wash it all away because his blood was so perfect and he had never, never um, committed a sin against God. So that was part of his spiritual suffering is that he was, I'm not going to say this as a fact because I don't really have a biblical verse to back me up in this, but he was separated from God because of the sin. And when that happened, that was the most painful thing that could have ever happened to anybody. And he, 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 um. He allowed that to happen to him for us. So, uh, and then continuing, well, continuing, <laughs> um, I think he hung on the cross for six hours in, in torturous pain. Um, and he said that he was thirsty and so the soldiers were giving him vinegar. And at first when I read this, when I was like a littler, actually probably like just a few years ago. Or maybe even last year. I don't remember. Um, I thought that they gave him vinegar because it's so nasty. And so acidic that it would burn him more. And like they were just trying to make him be the most miserable person who ever lived. Which he probably was. Um, But actually the vinegar was like I guess like an alcohol. And so it was supposed to cure or like 
numb the pain a bit. So they're being a little bit merciful. Um, and he rejected that because, you know, I don't really know why. I have my theories why Jesus rejected that. But you can ask him when we get to heaven. Um, so then, after all that, we are free. We're, we're completely free. God has died. And, and he came down and he cleared every single sin on our, under our name, right? So, for instance, Angelina, that's me. Um, and then underneath my name is currently no sins. God doesn't see it because Jesus wiped them away because he paid for them. He took those sins as his own because he never committed his own. Not because he needed sins, but because he wanted to pay for my sins, for your sins. Um, and if you accept the fact that Jesus did this for you, under your name, there's no sins. Technically, there's no book that has sins under your name. But there is a book in heaven. It's called the Book of Life. I think it's called the Book of Life. Um, and if your name is in there, that means you're going to heaven. And I know it's kind of, it's kind of sounds, sounds kind of like a fairy tale. But no, the Bible actually talks about it. And anybody who rejects Jesus, their name is blotted out of the book of life. So basically their name is scribbled out um, because they they volunteered. Well, they rejected Jesus as their Savior. And they're not accepting him. So when they specifically reject Jesus, their name is scribbled specifically scribbled out of that book of life so my name i know i have faith that my name is in that book of life and that jesus smiles when he sees it in there because i'm so so grateful for everything he's done for me and i'm so in debt to him and i cannot wait i absolutely cannot wait to get to heaven and to finally see his beautiful face um and like, be there with him and finally, like, say thank you just to his face. Um, so I hope that you would join me, that I would see you there. Um, and people ask, there are lots of people who ask, why would such a loving God allow me to go to hell, though? Like, that that trips them up. They're like, okay, okay, after all this, like, why would such a loving God allow me to go to hell? Well, God gives us free will. Because that, I don't know, like, if he forced us all to accept him, wouldn't that be weird? Like, that wouldn't be, like, us choosing. Um, he allows us to choose. So, let me make a little illustration for you, or, or example. So... If you do something bad, if you break the law, let's say you go to prison, and so you're put in the cell until you can pay for, um, you can pay for the thing you did. Um, and there's a man who has never broken the law, and he came in, and he, because he had never broken the law, he was able to go through and pay for every single person's 
debt or they he paid for every single person's breaking of the law um and so everybody's cell door was unlocked and left open and now anybody who can who will accept the fact that this man that they didn't see but they have been told that this man came in and he unlocked the door for everyone because he paid for their debts um Anybody who accepts that and looks to see if the door is open and leaves out of there, they will be free. They, that's it. That's how easy it is. It's as easy as that. Nothing complicated. A child could do this. Um, and then there are those who refuse to look at the door to see if it's true. They're like, no, uh-uh. it's nope. And then there are those who would look at the door and be like, I don't need no person to pay for my sin. I can do this myself. And so they continue to live in the prison even though the door is wide open. And people will come through and they will be, this is me. This is me. I come to your cell with your door wide open and I tell you, look, the door is open. I've I've seen the man that I, I know the man. I've spoken with, well, I haven't actually physically spoken with him. But I know he's there. And so, I'm like trying to tell you to come out. Because anybody who stays in that cell will be taken to some kind of camp far away that's terrible. So, all you have to do is literally believe that that man paid for your debts and come out of that cell. And I'm standing here trying to make coax you out of the cell. And... I don't know. Hopefully you can see what I'm talking about. Like, Jesus has done every single thing he could do to free you. And he keeps he keeps poking you. Be like, come on out. Come on out. Come to me. I love you. Come on. Spend the rest of he- he- eternal life with me. I-, I gave it to you. Here, here. Here, come on. Come on. I opened the door. Let's go. Um, And people just choose not to be free. They're like, no. I'm staying here. I don't know. I-, I don't want to. They're just like, yeah. No, I'll just stay here. I'm comfortable here. Or some people will be like, no, I don't believe in that camp, or I don't believe in hell. Um, I don't believe it. No, everyone's going to heaven, so it's really difficult. Yeah, so, but hell is real, and the door is open, so just come on out. Join us. Um, And by the way, after Jesus died, three days later, um, he rose from the dead, and he had the markings in his hands. From the nails, and he still does, and he still will in heaven for eternity, um, because he paid for us. And so, we have hope because Jesus rose, and he ascended into heaven, and someday we will ascend into heaven and we'll see him. But for now, he's preparing us a place. He's making your room. He's decorating it for the way he thinks that you would like it, um, with your favorite colors and stuff. So, I'm just I, I the Bible doesn't say that. It just says that he's preparing a place for you in heaven. Um, I'm just illustrating it for you so you could see it better. Um, and the Bible says that he who denies Jesus, Jesus will deny before God. And he who um, basically um, does not deny Jesus and who says he, Jesus is mine, man. Like, even faced with difficulty, Jesus is mine and I am Jesus. Um, before God in heaven... Jesus will say the same thing 
for that person, he'll be like this. Angelina, she's mine. She accepted me. I accepted her. Um, she's mine. I got her. And that's how I'm going to be entering into the gates of heaven and spending eternal life there. So praise the Lord. Join me. Join the fam. Um, we really want you there. And I'm praying that you will be there. Whew, this is kind of a difficult session. Not very lighthearted. Um, just trying to tell you the most important news you could ever hear. And I really hope you accept it. Um, and if you already have and you just listened to this again, that's cool. It's good to be reminded about how much Jesus loved us and what he's done. Um, but yeah, let's make heaven crowded. That's Gracie's. Thank you, Gracie. <laughs> let's make heaven crowded. Okay. Okay, bye. Jesus loves you guys. Thank you.